Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. There is absolutely no psychological fear when you are beyond all gods. And God said he should send his one begotten son to lead the wild into the ways of the man. What does it matter? Our home, our nation, all the things we believe in are in great danger. Welcome to another episode of Idiotic Ideologies. We are your hosts, Cindy Little. And Joshua Fernandez. Today we are talking about another very big topic, suffering and transformation, and whether one has anything to do with the other, or, you know, kind of, we're, we're just going to explore those those two topics today. So, um, of course, I did a bunch of looking on suffering and, and transformation, and, and we'll get to that with all the fun oh, yeah. antonyms and synonyms and ideologies and stuff. I mean, believe it or not, those are actually pretty insightful. I, I mean, they help me anyway, figure out kind of the, the, uh, the base, the root of the terms and, um, kind of where they came from. But anyway, and is it just me that sees that where you, you look at the, the etymologies and there's only so much, I'm trying to put it in towards the description. There's only, there's only so much of the, the puddle, so to speak of, of words and what they mean. Mm-hmm. And, Again, as a human being, a rational adult, a mature adult to still, you know, uh, the, the, the traps are always there, as in your vocabulary doesn't match my vocabulary. So we're arguing, but we're trying to say the same thing. Mm-hmm. And just looking at all that, like, just distracted me. But yes. Uh, but yeah, just saying that, you know, the etymologies, there's just, there's just only so many ways I can communicate with you. And yet... Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just thinking how things get out of control because I say a word it triggers you in a certain way but the word was more serious just because it's more serious to you. Okay. Yeah. Yes. You see what I'm saying? I know. It it helps us communicate better to define our define our terms and define our our words and what we mean. Um I think that's that's very important. Maybe that's a a podcast topic for another I guess it's time. important to see because if I actually see that then words n- will never have an effect on me. Mm-hmm. Once you actually see what I'm what I'm saying, if right. I'm saying it the right way, right? Yeah. Right. If you're saying it in a way that I can understand, and if I still get upset, then I'm going to go back and and so-called uh, reflect on it and, and and make that my priority. Because to get triggered by a word is, yeah, there's just more intelligence to be done to the situation that's happening. If you are being triggered, like how can I look at this in a different way, more intelligent way to actually solve the problem instead of going back to this warlike mentality? Yep. I agree uh-huh. with you. And yes, and, and words do trigger us. And, and, but that's, um, and, and we're getting a little off topic. Well, it kind of points to transformation to just say, can I actually transform and say, without a shadow of a doubt, words do not affect me at all? Well, like, no I think, I, I think, I don't know. I mean, maybe you can. I know I can't. But mm-hmm. I do know, I do know that when we're triggered by words, that's a lot about us. I mean, I'd say that's probably about 80% us, 20% the other person, because they could be seeing 
saying something that we misunderstand, um, you know, or, you know, we even not even words, words are symbols, words are symbols of thoughts. And, um, so why put even, meaning to it? Oh, well, just hold mm-hmm. on now. We, you know, we have meanings and customs and something, and it reminds me, and, and then we'll jump into our topic, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it reminds me of one of my instructors when I was in college, he had a student who was Korean, I believe. And so he was writing down names for taking role and he just grabbed the nearest pin, which was a red pen. And he wrote down her name and she gasped and she was visibly really upset. He triggered her in some way just by this simple act. Writing her name with a red pen meant nothing to him. Writing her name with a red pen for her in her country meant she was dead or he wished she was dead. I mean, um, they only write um, dead people's names in red. So, but where's she at now? Why is why would that affect me if I know I'm in America and that is a, a custom of where I'm from? But I, nonetheless, there it goes back to this transformation where we're going to talk about where it was. Why it was a does shock. That? It was a shock. I mean, you know, she because she's been conditioned all of her life to see only dead people's names written in red, and then somebody writes her name in red. Uh, you know, she got over it. She recovered. I mean, it wasn't like well, this. It, well, she it, fell it, apart. It, but it was. And, and he asked her, he said, you know, why, well, what's, what's the matter? What's wrong? And she explained that to him and he's like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I didn't mean that, you know, here it doesn't mean that. And so they came to an understanding. So you had two cultures clash, but they came to an understanding that, well, yes, back in your country, I, I understand that they do that, but they don't mean the same. It, this act, this symbol doesn't mean the same, same thing here. So I think to me, the big takeaway from things like that and just misunderstanding one another and what we say and how we say it is taking a step back and saying, hey, gee, you know what? You you really upset me by saying that. What did you mean? Oh, and, you know, and, What did you mean by that? And instead of accepting that, then you, you just say, stated the facts and what goes on. And instead of accepting that, I come back to, again, more of the question to say, then why don't parents, the word parents, the word teacher, the word mature, I put the all importance on on the self knowledge, my culture, the 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 knowledge of the culture, the 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 also I, I put a lot of importance on my fear and fear of what's going to happen to you, and I raise you in that instead of raising you with I don't know how to put it into words the facts of life to tell you about different cultures to tell you look in in a different way if I can just see that what what you just said and describe that and and know that my um, kid is growing up fragile, they're growing up in trauma, and I'm not aware as a parent, as a teacher, you know, whatever word you want to put there, to first say that I see this, and now that I see it, what what can I do about it? Well, all I can do about it, oh, I got distracted again. But, I know. Well, no, no, but, no. But, but to, 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 for the transformation, I mean, is there any transformation? Why do I just see as human beings repeating the same thing, the same lives being lived, the same, uh, you know, so-called, I don't know, the, the, the same human body that reacts in situations they're not in being taught the wrong way. I don't know. Just, you just see this confusion where I'm going down. And w- why is nothing changing? Well, maybe why we don't can, we teach? Maybe we can figure that out in this podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe. Um, why don't we start with, with the idea of suffering? Now, here's my question, and, and you may not even agree with this question, but my question is, why is there suffering in the world and if you want to answer that question, feel free. But my question for you, more than that, is do you believe there is suffering in the world? I be- Because I believe it. I believe that people suffer. Uh, there's pain, there's hardship, 
about suffering. So what are your views on suffering? Not a belief about it. I don't believe in suffering. I see suffering. I see the way he, I just see people. It exists. Suffering exists. Okay. Yeah, we, we agree. Suffering exists. But, but there, 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 there is a big, uh, I don't know what the word is, a, a profound thing, something worth mentioning where when I say there is no belief in it, like the belief, there is never a belief and there's never any doubting. But when you bring into question this word suffering and between humans, yes, it, it exists. I mean, you see it. There's no doubting that suffering exists. Right. Now, now we can get into, but what is suffering and right. why does it exist now? So what is it? Why does it exist? Right. Well, what is it? Uh, what is what is it? What what is suffering? Is it you know physical pain? Mm-hmm. And, and and this is really really good stuff. So I, I hope you know people can stay with us and stay listening. I mean, go through it as a human being. I'm going to doubt first of all suffering. I see human beings suffer. Now I want to know does suffering actually exist? What what is meant by suffering? Well, of course there is suffering as if I cut myself that the pain that's felt there. Mm-hmm. You end up getting to though. Does suffering actually exist? Within, within myself, you know, within my, my head, within my mind, you know, what, what is it that suffers there? So I, mm. I want to first just look at two different worlds. Of course, the physical suffering happens, but inwardly, why is it that we suffer inwardly is a question I would come back with where I would end up being. Yeah, why mm. do we suffer inwardly? And I mean, and that's some of the stuff that I was looking at. Um, and I thought this was really are good. Are we sure that, that, I mean, we're, we're sure, I'm sure that it exists because I see it. Now I'm asking why it exists. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm going <laughs> I'm, to, I'm going to read something here. This is um, from a Living Presence website. It says, we shift our attention from the part of us that is suffering. This is how we can move from suffering to transformation, resentful or unhappy, and relocate it to the present. This process shows that much of our suffering takes place in the imagination, takes place inside of our heads, and that things in themselves are not negative, only our attitude towards them. With the right attitude, we are open to receive help from a higher level, from presence itself, which allows us not only to accept our suffering, but to transform it into a completely different experience. So I, what I understand here, and, and I tend to agree with in a lot of situations, is a lot, I think the majority of how we suffer is internally, is psychologically and emotionally, because we are putting a lot of negative emphasis or, or something. We're, it's how we're viewing what we're experiencing and if we're viewing it in a negative light and it's very stressful to us um i kind of see it as you know it's it's when people get very sick very terminally ill you know and they're about to die um i've I've understood it that mindset is everything you know if you have a positive outlook on life you're going to go through this process of dying much much easier. It's still going to be hard, but it's basically how you approach it. It's how you approach the pain, whether it be physical or mental or hardships, because, you know, we all go through difficult times and how we approach it mentally is, is I think the key because yeah, that is the suffering in our minds. And I think to a a large extent, we can have control over that. I mean, if there's, if there's a, a situation where, you know, hey, I've been diagnosed with this awful disease. I can't do anything about that. That's out of my control. But how I approach it psychologically and emotionally, that's within our control to some degree. And I think that that helps 
and maybe even alleviates some of the suffering. It, at least it won't make it any worse. That's my thoughts. All right. So how about, how about uh, let, let's just approach it with a different question and say, does suffering, or this, this, what, what we know physical suffering exists and, and, you know, you can't stop that. That's just what happens. So inwardly we're talking about now suffering and how about I ask this question when suffering happens, what takes place within a human being? So I, I, I'm, I'm experiencing suffering right now, and, and it's a psychological suffering. So whatever you want to say there, there's guilt, there's fear. Maybe I don't even notice it. Um, maybe it's, it's, to, it's to stay within pleasure and to stay within comfort, but there's a... Make sure I'm wearing it right. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, but Collect to, your thought. <laughs> to, to say when I suffer, just what, what happens? How, how do I move when I start to, to feel that going on within me? What, what does a human being do? And I'll just ask you to make it easier. Does a human being make something up about it? Is there, there, there's this story about it. There's a, uh, mm-hmm. when I feel that I'm analyzing everything and, and looking at why this is happening, therefore blame comes out of it. It's inevitable. There's going to be blame there. There's going to be something I need to control. There's going to be more discipline. So all in all, I would ask you that though, when suffering takes place, does anything else happen besides that, besides the analyzing the control I mean, whatever takes place, but there's a human being saying, I got to do something about this. Right. I got to do something. I'm reacting. I'm reacting from it. I'm reacting from it. Yeah. Yeah. We react. And some of us react better than others. And, and, you know, some of us, you know, I'm, I'm a control freak. What happens if I suffer and don't react? Well, I mean, then do do I explore that? Do I ever ask that? Do I ever even see it? Say, is it possible? Do I ever wonder what actually happens? Does something new take place? And and to just Mm -hmm. keep it simple in that. And no matter what I read and no matter what people tell me, I just tell myself that, well, when I suffer, it's, it's simple. I'm either turning it into something it's not. I'm, I'm either then, you know, to, to keep it kind of in physics, I'm getting stuck in a different time that, that's not here. And then I just ask why. When I ask why, to, to give us some, some guidance, just what, what takes place, there's um. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, no, no, I see it. And and there again, this comes from the same website, the Living Presence website. And this is kind of the last little tail end of the thing I was reading a second ago. Suffering, and, and I think maybe this is what you're talking about. Suffering helps us to be present, and presence transforms our suffering. So basically, to me, what it sounds like you're saying is okay, rather than try to control this, this uncontrollable situation or even try to control my emotions and my thoughts about it. I'm just going to take breath, uh, take a deep breath and just let it happen. And I'm not going to try to react. I'm not going to try to control it. I'm not going to try to put thought to it. I'm just going to react and move to what's next. Or, or the, skipping a step, you're going to understand it. I'm going to move in that direction now. So you see it right now uh, with self-knowledge and, and religion and, and w- whatever direction I'm moving within that scope of knowledge. When I say that within, yeah, everything I read, all my book knowledge, always trying to put myself in situations and trying to learn something. And all you're trying to psychologically learn, I guess, is, is where th- this wholeness, this goodness, when, and you don't need that to get there, mm-hmm. a wholeness, an acceptance between another human being. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and I mean, but there again, I think that people run into the, the obstacles. That's where I think they run into the obstacles, um, it, at least if they're just trying to breathe and and be present with it, um, perhaps not trying to understand it, not trying to analyze it. Um, there's a great there's a great Bible verse that I was going to get to a little bit later. It's in the book of Ecclesiastes, which y'all... Even if you're not Bible readers, <laughs> please, if, if you are at all interested in this topic, read the book of Ecclesiastes and read the book of Job. But there's a verse in the book of Ecclesiastes that says, when times are good, be happy. But when times are bad, consider this. God has made the one as well as the other. Therefore, no one can discover anything about their future. That's Ecclesiastes 7.14. Basically, what the writer is saying is, you know what? Good times are going to come. Bad times are going to come. Just do your best and walk through this life because there's nothing you can know about the future. There's no way you can control the future. And even when you're suffering, it's best not to get yourself, you know, for lack of a better word, you know, get yourself all worked up about it. I mean, do your best. You know, yes, if you're physically suffering and, and you're in a lot of pain, by all means, you know, go to the doctor, get some pain medicine, you know, do what you need to do to bring things like that under control or even mental pain, you know, um, depression can be a terrible, terrible thing to deal with. And it's just as painful as physical pain. So yes, you know, get the help that you need, but I I guess for lack of a better term is I don't think it's good to, and healthy to, you know, ruminate on it or catastrophize about it and say, Oh my gosh, I'm suffering so much right now. If today is this bad, what's tomorrow going to be like? Tomorrow's probably going to be 10 times worse. You know, this is my lot in life from here on out. Um, just my luck. I hear that from people, you know, just my luck. And it's like, no, you don't know that. You don't know any of that. You're moving through a difficult time today. You are suffering right now sit with the suffering, alleviate the pain where you can, and just recognize that our life, it happens. It happens to all of us. And there's no use in trying to control the things that we can't control, especially when we're going through a very difficult time. So that's kind of my take on that. And then, then of course, it, it can lead. This is the, the best part. I, I see suffering as being able to lead to personal transformation and personal growth. So I don't know what your thoughts are on all of that. Well, and what you just said, does that ever take place? So a person goes through all this? It can. And I believe it can. Then I would just follow that up with, so does knowledge cause suffering? If I, I believe it can. So if I, don't have no, if I don't have knowledge, do I suffer? If I don't have knowledge about who I am, if I don't have knowledge about mm-hmm. my family, my sister... I mean, anything. I mean, but to, let's agree seriously with that and, and to just sit with that. So I, I, you take a person, I'm suffering now. I've, I've gone through a catastrophe or whatever's happening. I'm neurotic. And do I actually, do I actually sit with it? And, and I don't try to escape it. I don't try to rationalize anything. I'm sitting with there and I'm looking at suffering. And when there's nowhere to go, you're finally left with, that question, I would just ask, this, can suffering be caused any other way if knowledge is not involved? Or is knowledge the requirement of suffering? I think knowledge is a requirement for a lot of suffering with the exception. If you have knowledge, is there any way you can't suffer? 
with the exception of physical pain. I mean, unless you're a total masochist, mm-hmm. <laughs> pain hurts. It's suffering. I mean, you break your arm. It's hitting a nerve. It's, that's it's, suffering. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how our bodies are put together. So with the exception of physical pain or something physically going wrong in your body or even, and, and I would even move that up to your brain. I mean, if there is your brain chemistry is all out of whack and you're hallucinating or you're, you're having some, some things that are beyond your control mentally because your brain is sick, I think there can be suffering there. Um, but the psychological part of it, the thinking part, the, the ruminating part, Yes, I think we have control over that. And if we can't completely alleviate our personal suffering psychologically, I think that we can reduce it. I come back to it again, though, without knowledge, without any of that knowledge, do I do I suffer? Uh, whether whether uh-huh. I have a brain thing, whether something breaks off of me, it is it knowledge that said that causes the suffering as in it. it uh, I want to go a little deeper with this word suffering. As in it, it makes, I don't know how to describe it. As in, if I could try to describe it, as in I long for a better time, as in I long to not have my arm cut off, as in, so there's a previous knowledge that says, here's the way things were, they're, they're different now, and mm-hmm. I, I need to move away from it. I need to do something about it. And, yeah. that, and whether I scream out loud, whether I... And, and can, can, if that happens, can it come from a different, if you want to use the word reaction, can it come from a different place? And then therefore, d- does, is that where we're trying to talk about the transformation, which I could never hit the transformation if I'm always never doubting myself, not screw everybody else, but doubting myself, doubt, doubt that self-knowledge. I mean, we, we're seeing it. I'm hoping we're seeing it. That this is the culprit of all of suffering. I mean, it's take. I don't even want to. I don't want to go into it this far. But just to get your brain for some people that are really close-minded, rocks, the planets, the universe. It has no knowledge. Therefore, where, where does suffering exist? It is a human idea that suffering exists. It is the, the the human condition that I can't fulfill this word of love. I mean, I'm preaching now, but yeah. Yeah. Well, no. And, and like I said, there again, I think there is a lot about it that we can control, but I think there is some suffering that we can control. Like I said, when you break your arm, you, it hurts. I mean, that's, it's just nerve endings. They're painful, but anyway, let's move on mm-hmm. <laughs> because you brought, you brought up suffering and transformation. And so I was asking myself this question and I'll, I'll give my answer and then you could talk about it too. Um, yeah, oh, and here's the antonyms of suffering. The opposite of suffering is benefit, blessing, comfort, contentment, ease. And the opposite of transformation is stagnation, preservation, sameness. So I asked myself this, without suffering, can there be transformation? And I think there can be, but I think oftentimes it comes through suffering. And I think transformation, the way I did the way I define it is a, a personal paradigm shift. And I think a lot of times after a lot of, I don't know, leading up events, you have this, this instantaneous moment, this, this, um, epiphany for lack of a better word. And that's when the transformation happens. So something in our life that makes us see things from a different point of view, it completely does a mental overhaul. It's like, 
oh my gosh, I have never looked at life this way. I can see clearly now. And I think that that can come through hardship and suffering, but I don't think it has to. I think of my, my personal example on this is that transformation can come through other things like motherhood. For example, when I had my daughter, you know, I, I went from being not a parent to a parent in a matter of seconds. And the minute I saw my daughter, my newborn daughter, I was transformed. And it wasn't a, a moment of suffering. It was a moment of joy. And it was, but it was so profound that it's like a light switch went on in me and said, your life is not your own anymore. Your life is about this, this little person that you've been given to, to take care of. And so, but you know, even there, what, what is the transformation? Even, uh, hold on. Even there, mm-hmm. even there, I guess there was suffering. There's a lot, there's a lot of labor and pain, physical pain leading up to that moment and them having to cut open my stomach and pull out a baby and that whole thing. But at the end of it, at the end of it, there was a paradigm shift. I saw life differently. I saw it in a brand new way, a way that I could not go back from. I mean, I couldn't unsee it. (laughs) And so I see moments like that as moments of transformation where it's like all of a sudden, boom, something happens and you're transformed. And I think that can come through suffering, but it doesn't necessarily have to come through suffering. We have to look at that. And I mean, since you're, since you're alluding to that sort of transformation, then we want to ask what was actually transformed then in that. And uh, I can ask you or I can kind of. Yeah. I mean, it was my point of view of life. I mean, everything I had experienced, all my thoughts, all my ideas, how I moved through life physically, mentally, emotionally, it all changed. It all completely changed at the birth of my daughter and changed for the better. So I would just look at transformation and saying if something's actually transforming, like a true transformation, is it something totally different? Yes, I think so. And so if it's something totally different, what I, what I see, just to move this along, is there is this fragmentation. So I, I, let's we can keep it on uh, parents. And although they feel something and they call it love, I'll, I'll just go into the statement. Love is love fragmented. And if love is not fragmented, then what am I actually when I'm actually experiencing something again? Going back to doubting myself, is that it is that actually love? I fragment it and say, well, I love my family. And then does it ever blossom and move out to not, not just that word of loving my family and, and these ideas of what love means, but the whole, I, the, the whole movement of what love should be to, to conquer fear, to, to not move from fear. To not, so when, when you're actually transformed, is fear still taking place? Is there still the same, what do I want to say, these same uh, movements, the, the, the fear, the rejection, the, the trying to chase happiness, trying to not have regrets, is, does that ever transform? I think it can. For me, when my daughter was born, those things didn't particularly transform. But I knew, I knew I was changed. I, I knew in my very soul, in my very bones, that I was changed and I saw life completely differently. 
And so, yes, do I still have fear in my life? Yes, I still have fear in so my life. So suffering is still there. Suffering, of course, suffering is still there. That does not negate that transformation from not being a parent to being a parent because that transformation has benefited me in so many ways. And that's why I think that transformation, I don't think that we all have one big transformation with a capital T. I think there are many points in our lives where we can have these these transformations, these revelations of, of how to live life differently, of how to live life better. And a lot of times they are the result of, of difficult circumstances. It's, it's kind of suffering. The one positive thing that I see it, it doing is that it shakes us up. It's like taking a dirty rug out and, you know, beating all the dust out of it. I mean, it shakes us up. It, it changes us at a really fundamental level, but and I know that you and I, we go round and round and round about well, this. Well, I don't see changes. the same but thing. No, I mean, you're still, let me you just finish. feel a little energy. And then, I know, yeah. no, 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 no. Don't do You still it. have the same emotions going. Don't. I mean, we're observing that. You're saying that. No, so I Let me finish. I'm not done. I don't, I don't. <laughs> don't minimize my <laughs> transformations. What you're getting at, and I know we've gone round and round about this many, many, many times, is, is, a, is a point that, I don't know. It's not settled in my mind because I, I truly believe at this point, and who knows, maybe it's someday you'll convince me, but I truly believe at this point that all of that, that fear, that anxiety, that suffering, unfortunately, that hatred, um, but love, caring, respect, courage, all of those things, all of these things that we talk about on this podcast I believe that they are as intricately woven into every single person as us having arms and ears and eyes. And I don't, you know, and it's like I ask, you know, well, there's good parts and there's bad parts, but they're human. I think if you take all of those things away, are you still human? Do, do you still, are you still, or are you some kind of, you know, different entity? I mean, you, you take away all of that, that human why do people think that you're a human regardless you're a human there's no changing you being a human i don't know why then, 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 then that then that blocks you and then you never makes, go and explore it then what makes you human you're just a human there's nothing we can go into that but what's what, a, define what a human is human has thought you got feelings and you have a body you got a shell but so you that's it you're advocating to get rid of the thoughts and the feelings. No, 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 no. Never say you can't get rid of them. So why wouldn't a human being ever just hear that and then go, go with it and go find out for yourself. And you find out thought is part of being human being. I never, I never have to say that because it's cheating for you. I mean, then it still has no meaning to you and you're still not, you're still, you're still proving the point of ideas being to the, I hear something and I, and I'm, I'm solidified. I have a conclusion about it. There is no, Mm -hmm. So is is that transformation? I'm going to say I don't know what transformation is because it's a transformation. It's never been done. It's something totally new. Can I allude to things and use these words as far as we see, you know, your way of doing things? I don't want to say your way, but, you know, the, the way you've explained, you see, you see this. The, My way. You see the steady transformation of and you're staying within the same primordial soup, so to speak. And then there's a totally different way to see the, the world, but you see it in a whole way. 
there, there, there is no answer because the answer is infinite. It's infinite answers. It's, I would never even step foot into that puddle because I see what it gets. It gets the suffering. It gets the conflict. It, it keeps you from being a human being. And that so you just, you just get war. I'm not human. Suffering has nothing to do with being human. My, my, my idea of being a suffering a human being, I, I would never even fancy that. I would say as a human being, am I anything without you? Am I anything without anybody else? Do I see any purpose for nationalism? Do I see any purpose for that? Why would I carry that with me? And to take that, to, to move in that direction, that's a totally different direction. I don't want to accept everybody's solidified conclusion of what, what religion is, what transformation is, what, what actually exists with things that I can't see. And for anybody to transform, I, I've, I've never seen it. No, all I could say is I doubt it. I doubt any transformation mm-hmm. and I want to keep chasing that doubt. I want to, I, I see when people say something is transformation or something's religion or something is kind. And then I see the, the absolute, uh, it's going to always happen. The opposite coming into play. There, there's just, there's no having happiness without having the um, uh, hate or, or something like that. And so I, why, I don't carry any of those concepts. I don't carry any of that knowledge with me. I don't, Mm-hmm. because I've already seen something totally different that I can move in and still uh, I become more one with humanity. So what's the different difference between what's the different you're saying I've moved into something totally different where you at? The, seeing that <laughs> seeing, seeing that the words where are yet, ne- Josh. <laughs> all right. I guess that's the, the easiest way I have a self identity. You have a self identity. What does that even mean? Think about it. It's my identity to myself and you have your identity to yourself. Therefore mm-hmm. we don't exist. Therefore you're different than me. Mm-hmm. And that blocks the whole thing that we said in the beginning that I need people. I'm nothing on this earth without another person. So to have, mm-hmm. it makes no sense then to take that and to see that fact to say, well, myself and self identity is more important than you. What's you're actually taking place. Who knows, but it's probably a fear of death. It's a fear of losing out on something. It's a, but you never even doubt, well, what is life and look at life and, because through the suffering, you hit the wall and you say, I got to I got to move somewhere different. You're telling me to move this way. And I see the 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 you're moving in circles. You're chasing your tail. Another person's told me to move this way. They're chasing their tail. You're all telling me to move th- whatever way. And you're chasing your tails. I see it. There is no yeah. and everybody sees it. And then we still play go along playing the game. Yeah. No, I can, I, can I not be an American? Can I well, not? Uh, have any ideas of, of good and bad and, and, and th- th- do I then move to where uh, what, what do you want to call the where? word holy or you move in a way that that's I have no, I don't want anything I have no cause I love you and that's it I don't, I, what, how profound is it? I say I love you and, and you don't got to do nothing about it just chill oh, that's, or, or that's kill cool. me or kill me I still love you mm-hmm. because and then you're like you just can't understand it and it's because you have this idea this conclusion and so therefore maybe love is something totally different yeah. Okay. No, no. And I, and we've had a lot of conversations. Well, I, I, I do want to go back to that. And I mean, but it made me think of this, that, um, something else I saw suffering tends to force people back into themselves, into a place of utter forsakenness claim claims that it is the, in this place that we learn more about the limits of our humanness and come into a deeper, more conscious relationship with God, ourselves and with others. So basically to me, it sounds similar to what you're saying is like you examine those things, you examine those things 
that you hold deal dear. Um, you examine why why do I call myself an American? Why do I call myself um, you know what, yeah. whatever ugly, ugly whatever? My, why my do family I, sucks. Yeah. Whatever. Why do I you know feel a certain way about this person? We we have all of these labels opinions, and opinions yeah, yeah. So and same. knowledge mm-hmm. and and. Yes, I agree with you in the fact that we should always, always be examining those things. We should always be examining those things. And they shouldn't get in the way of building relationship with others. And I agree completely with that. I agree 100% because you're right. The majority of the conflict that goes on in our world is because of the opinions we hold and we hold them so dearly and so tightly that we become blind. But we want the same thing. We want to live together and we can't (laughs) help each other, but we can't see the other person. We are blinded by our own opinions. Can you put it aside then? And our own thoughts. You think it's possible? Yes, I think it's possible. I, 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 I really do, but we have to work at it. And we have to be willing to sacrifice those opinions and let go of them if they aren't serving relationships and serving love. And so, but it's very hard and some people aren't willing to do that. And that's where you get this, this continual conflict because unfortunately a lot of people, rather than saying, I'm going to let go of that, um, I'm going to let go of being a, you know, an I'm not going to say my political leanings, but, you know, I'm going to let go of being, you know, a Republican just so I can reach across and and build relationships with people who uh, believe differently than I do politically. And you're absolutely right. The majority of people, we want the same thing. We want love. We want acceptance. We want peace. We want relationship. We want those things. Here's where the problem is. The problem is we have different ways of trying to get there. And we think our way, my way of getting to a peaceful place is different than your way of getting to a peaceful place. And then that is where we start the arguments. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's, that's not the right way to get there. You know, that's not the right way to serve, uh, to you know, cure world world hunger or whatever, or that's not the way to to solve the housing crisis. My way is the better way. My way is the better way. And that just causes strife. It doesn't cause, you're right, it causes conflict. And people need to get past those things and reach across and communicate with one another and put those things aside and say, how can we work? together to solve these problems otherwise the problems are never solved yeah and it'll never happen as long as i'm putting effort and putting this this idea a process behind that mm-hmm. and you said something earlier about uh you know nationalism and, and i forgot how you worded it but you know if i'm a republican mm-hmm. and i'm talking to you know say i'm talking to political people but i never change that I'm a, I'm a republican or maybe i go to become a democrat mm-hmm. so therefore i've never dropped this identity i'm always trying to solve it with another identity or trying to solve it with another idea or another thought. Now, now, so there's one way of of how we solve problems. What if I actually 
doubt to the utmost, to the to the very root of it, and say, I'm going to doubt what a Republican means. What does politics even mean? Mm-hmm. And, and as you start to go through and look at those things, it ends up turning into something more. So I don't know how the example, yeah, if I say I'm an American and, and then I, what do I want to say? You know, I trans, I, I transform, transform. And, and, yeah. and now I'm, a, I'm say I'm a, a political, you know, you're transforming and you're keeping these titles to yourself. Mm-hmm. Therefore I can say you've never, you're still carrying the self identity. They're still covering, covering the suffering because a person would totally be something different as far as saying, I've looked into all of this stuff, and at the end of it, I'm none of those things. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go into my life, how do I want to say, you're, you're going to have, you're going to, I like this example. It's like learning a new language. And I come to you, and I'm speaking something totally different. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, it's, you're not going to understand it. You're, you're, it's it's going to baffle you. But to just say, here's something totally new. and At least gonna, consider it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least consider it. And I think that that is the beginning of transformation and the beginning of change. And, you know, I wanted to, and that really goes along with, with the next thing here, the antonyms of transformation, they sound pretty negative to me, um, especially stagnation, sameness. Um, are these negative? Is there any benefit to sameness? Whereas the antonyms of suffering, on the other hand, sound pretty nice. Um, there's com- being comfortable and being content. Is there anything wrong with with being comfortable and content and trying not to suffer? Or are we looking at the same thing, this, this sameness, this unwillingness to change ourselves, even if it might cause suffering? And, and I would say there is no unwillingness to change yourself because we go back to that. I'm just changing my identity within certain things. I can't let go of, of not calling this person my son and so on. But hey, look at it. I look at it and I say, well, what is actually family? Or whatever you want to put there. What is actually my, my son? What happens when I say, you know, put this possession to it? What happens when I when I have this self-identity to it? I'm going to suffer. But if I go deeper than that and I'm willing to leave it all behind and keep going beyond and, and to see, you know, th- this true fact, it's not philosophy, of this body, something has come in, taken form into this body, it has an expression, it has a personality. I look around, does it ever die? Is anybody different? Is everybody the same though? So therefore, if my son dies, that, there's the personality is within everything. There is no individual that is unique in that they're any different than anybody else. We're all a mixture of the same expression, so to speak. And so when you look at it, to take that fact again and to go beyond and to leave it behind and say, well, then I have to accept that that infiniteness coming in now. The same thing that creates everything. There's something manifesting itself within the body. I'm not going to put an idea and say it's a soul, put an idea and say they're going to heaven. I'm going to be with my family and this and that. That causes suffering. That's knowledge. I'm saying I have knowledge about this. I don't have knowledge about this. I see what I see, and then I move in that direction. Because it allows people, it allows the the life, it allows people to take place as themselves. That That's a fact of it. I'm seeing that. So if we're all connected, and if you suffer or you transform, does the entire human race transfer and, or, or transform and suffer? If you look at it deeply, yes. because So your suffering is part of the human suffering. So Josh suffers a broken arm and it resonates through all of humanity. And in some way, they suffer from your pain of your broken arm. Is that kind of what you're saying? Well, it's, I'm, I'm, well if, if you look at that, what, what what's causing the physical pain is always going to be the knowledge. I mean, if I look, 
you know, no, I'm not saying that. Uh, I'm saying, you know, if, if I, it's, it's automatic. Look, just take me as a human being, take you as a human being, take mm-hmm. the, the individual person right now and what you have seen in your life, what you have come to understand how you, uh, bottom line, it's easy. It's, you've seen hypocrisy in the world. You've seen, uh, I'm divided. You say you love me. Then you don't have time for me. You, you, mm-hmm. you're upset. You're frustrated. And then we have these, these d- different personalities clashing that then no one's willing to let go to. And you spend your whole life in this conflict with somebody else, with a group of people, whoever. And I just say, well, why does that take place? And why do people accept it? And there, and people want to talk about love. And, and so is this love? And, and if you say it is, I understand why you say it is, but are you willing to go beyond and doubt it and say, I don't know what it is. And I, I, it's apparent that nobody else knows what this stuff is because everybody's got a different explanation of it. But what there's, there's got to be only one explanation, though. There's got to be only one explanation. If it, you're logical and you look at something, there's only one way to move. It, it's but is it even a worthwhile question to ask why people are like that rather than why can't or why don't they change from that? I, I don't want them to change. I don't, I don't need, like, again, if love. I don't want nothing from nobody. I love, so I'm willing to take full responsibility for no. myself or everything else. Well, no, I'm talking about what I mean by change is leaving that knowledge behind leaving those identities behind saying, okay, you know, we need to change. But can you, you, you can't leave it behind, but can you, can you put it aside? Can if you I put it in its place, if I want to transform, I can't take this with me. Mm-hmm. And, and what does that mean? Cause when you look at something, I can't just, what do I want to say? Erase myself. That's mm-hmm. impossible. Mm-hmm. So when someone's steady telling you about the self and this and that, well, first of all, I mean, you gotta look at the quality of them. Are they isolating themselves and so on? But you see a person, I don't know. It just it, if something in your head is telling you something's different, which you see when something's different, you automatically want to reject it. Why do you reject it? Well, it's an idea. It's my. It's what I'm used to coming out and combating what I'm seeing. It's saying, which is another way of saying I am different than what is being said right now, and then therefore the clashing of the knowledge, the clashing of the ideas, the clashing of the memory, the clashing of me being bored and my feelings. Mm-hmm. And if I put it aside, then it's gone. If I put it aside, it has no effect on me. But to say you truly put it aside means all of this stuff, this energy, this these conversations, these these doubting. And, and then for me to be honest with myself and say, well, shit, th- there is nowhere to go that, this way. I mean, I see that it's, first of all, it's something that's not, that we can't observe and whatever and so on. Yeah. So why don't we put it aside, in your opinion? It's, there's why a... Why don't we? All right. So I that, mean, you... you you you've worked on putting it aside, but it's a good point. Most of the rest of us haven't. So, why don't you think people put that aside? Lack of better words, they have an idea to it. They have an idea of what it means to put it aside. Then, with with that idea and the way you view things, you know, you start to see what do I want to say like your pleasures and your comforts being taken away. There, there's a loss of something. There's this change that is something totally radically different. So, of, ca- of course, you're not going to know how to navigate it. You're going to be scared of it. So. Is this a journey you do by yourself or is it a journey you do with people? You put the ego aside, you, you let people, I don't mm-hmm. even want to go down that road. <laughs> I mean, no, no, but no, you touch on something else as well. Mm-hmm. I think, no, I think you're right. I think you're right in, in the fact that we, we don't want to sacrifice some of these things that we like. And I think some of those things can be, you know, the, the opposite of those sufferings. Uh, we, we want to hold on to blessing, comfort, contentment, Ease, whatever. and the opposite hold on <laughs> the opposite you know of of that is the suffering and so i saw a meme the other day um that said that comfort is a drug and i think that there is truth in that 
If we become too comfortable, we get complacent. We get, um, we, we think in a lazy way. We get thoughtful, you know, our thoughts become lazy. And we take our situation and those around us for granted. So for me at least, without some kind of challenge, there is no growth. So maybe, maybe these people that are holding on so dearly to their ideas because they're, they're comfortable, they're easy to hold on to, perhaps suffering comes, can come into their lives, transform them, make them put those things in their place, that comfort, that ease in their place, and then have that lead to a personal transformation where they may be able to love better, have better relationships, um, put those cultural things that they've been taught, that knowledge aside. So I, I do think that, yes, we are definitely creatures of ease. Um, we're kind of like water. Water finds the least resistant path. I, I think humans are a lot like that too. And I think it's really hard to, you know, help people understand that, you know what, if you're willing to to, to get off of that path, that easy path, there's, there's a better quality of life. Mm. So that's what I think. And then I look at things totally different. So I mean, you using words comfort and, and I just see how people use these words. And I don't know, I've said this before in other podcasts, mm-hmm. but it just, is it carrying any meaning? Have we even, when, when you, when you hear comfort, what, what does that even mean to anybody? I mean, have, has, have I even went into it and, and asked what comfort is? And comfort is something totally different than anybody would probably think. Say I take my idea again. Someone tells me what you just said. Now I'm, I put my idea to it and say, well, I'm not comfortable. I, I'm a doctor. I go to work every day. I, I work hard and I'm always mm-hmm. uh, learning my craft and so on. Within, so he says he's not comfortable, but is that comfort? You're doing the thing that, that you are used to. You're doing mm-hmm. the thing that's easy. It's that part of your sameness, life. You're going to do sameness. it. Mm-hmm. And, and in that, do I see, so your idea says, I'm not being comfortable. You never doubt nothing. You're never looking at things. You're just taking these, you know, these words, these things, you're putting your ideas to it. You think you got it figured out. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? And then the doctor becomes senile. The doctor, uh, something happens because it's, it's constantly repetition, rep- repetitiously doing the same thing. He's never mm-hmm. realized that that, that self-identity is not who he is, but you are that self-identity. It's, it's apparent. I mean, the, the fact of it is I can tell because you, it, somebody probably would have argued that with me and said, well, I'm not comfortable. I get up every morning. I do the same thing. And so it has nothing to do with what you're doing, but psychologically, are you aware of this? Have you ever left your self-identity? Mm-hmm. Do, do you put it aside? I mean, and, and you, you don't, if you're not aware of, if you can't explain these words and then you see the word, it goes away. Comfort means nothing to me. It's meaningless because every time a human uses it, there's an idea to it. I don't even know what you mean by it, but I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to be there for you. And I got a pretty good idea what you mean by it. But what it, what does it actually mean? I mean, and if somebody can have the energy when they do say that, well, I'm not going to be comfortable in life and say they're, they're talking to me. And I, I look at their life and say, well, what do you mean by comfort and this and that? Are they going to want to even go through with that? Or just they're going to be, leave me alone. Let me get on with my life. I want to. But you know Just, what? I don't want to explain myself. and You might run into those people that say, you know, that you ask. I think it's important that we do ask those questions. I think it's important. That's that, thinking for yourself. Yes, that you sit down and you say, well, what do you mean by comfort? And I can't get offended when you ask what that. Do you That's mean, stupid. No, what I, do you mean by We're ease? becoming better human beings here. Yeah. And Let's get rid so, of these fucking... Yeah, yeah. And so I think that there are people that are willing to 
to look at those concepts and look at themselves. But yeah, I think, you know, you make a good point. And the last There's thing, a lot of people that aren't willing to look at those. And you know what? Those people, I look at that and say, they're just not ready. I, I wouldn't even, I would just like well, walk well, away. <laughs> that, that, that alludes to the second thing, because we are ready. And, and you mentioned what, what, why does it stop? What stops the transformation? Mm-hmm. And if I've put so much emphasis or beliefs on my feelings, on uh, being threatened and so on, and all I want to say is that, this self-knowledge, you know, act like I was about to take your life. I put a knife to your throat. So, somebody that, that, and you're like, oh, I'm about to die right now. Mm-hmm. What happens when that self-identity, that ego, for whatever reason, maybe it's so ingrained in us that the conditioning, that that's what we're putting, you know, we're making, we're making that alive. We're making that us. We're saying that's my soul and my personality. Mm-hmm. And when I, when you start to question and you start to break that down for somebody, is it the same thing? Your brain's interpreting it the same way. No. If I say it in that way, no, that's impossible. Well, but 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 you but you you do you 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 get angry. You you tell people well, don't question me. You we, we, as human beings, we react. We react when we become our. It's a psychological mm-hmm. knowledge that you're threatening, and I am uh, acting just as if you were physically about to assault me. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's why I think. So is that another reason that halts us? So can I look at that and put that aside too? My heart rate gets up. I'm not mad. I'm not. Well, yeah, and that's, I think that's why there again, it kind of goes back to, we've said this already a couple times during this podcast, and that is, you know, question what people mean. You know, what do you mean by ease? What do you mean by comfort? Why are you getting so upset? Have I said something that really upsets you about this? Um, I don't understand. And, you know, I the the way into other people's brains so to speak is really the only way forward i mean i i think it's important that we come to one another in humility and as much as it is possible try not to come to them with an agenda try not to come to them with i have the right answer here instead come to them and say let's let's talk together let's find let's let's find the way forward together. Let's set aside anger. Let's set aside hostility and, and be willing to take a a look at some of those things that we hold dear psychologically and see if they're worth holding. And, and maybe if they're not worth holding, having the courage to let them go. And so, yeah, I, I think this is, that's pretty much a given. I, I mean, and unless we make ourselves clear to others as much as that's possible and ask them to make themselves clear to us, we're all just going to keep talking over one another and we're not going to understand one another and we're going to get offended and angry and just dig our heels in even more. And I think there's so much of that in the world right now. So will that ever take place if a person, I'm just going to use this, analyzes it and what I'm trying to say is, is I like the example of what you just went through and trying to, and, and all these things that you just said. Mm-hmm. Can I simply say then, and kind of end it here, is that the transformation? The transformation is not me somehow getting you to understand and, and both of us trying to understand anything. Because underneath it, that simple pattern of I'm different than you is still there. Mm-hmm. So love, the hardest thing to do, the transformation to question is it actually when I am you when 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 no matter where I'm at I am that and, and to just ponder on what that means no matter what situation you're in you want to take and you want to take the worst the worst situation but if I am that situation you know I, I am that when, when you are something 
there is no wanting to be different because I'm aware this is what I am. There is no conscious thing of being something different, which is what human beings psychologically have morphed into. I am different. I can be different. I can love more. I can uh, be this psychologically different. I can be more loving. Mm -hmm. I can, and you never do. I mean, just look at the, what happens. Me just saying I can be this. I can be this. You've, you're stuck. You're stuck. You're divided. There's, the difference is happening. Can transformation take place? The only other difference is me being not different then. And can I see that as a fact and make that effortless to where no matter what situation I'm in, no matter where I'm at, I am that. I'm in that. I am that. So therefore, there's no effort. There is no fighting it. There is no trying to be different. You accept your life, which, of course, don't put an idea to it. Don't say, oh, that means do nothing. You move according to your life. Nobody knows your life and, and so on. I mean, it's a whole other conversation. But just ponder on those facts that are so strong and powerful when I tell you just that. Mm -hmm. Do I see myself different than you? So bottom line, it, it, there is no being you. There's only me trying to convince you of something and, and vice versa or whatever, uh, us trying not to make something happen. Mm -hmm. And if I just say I'm the same as everything, that's profound. I have no fear. I'm not scared of nothing. I, I just, there is no, uh, I'm going to make everything happen. And with that, if I die, then I die. That's, all, that's usually always someone's biggest fear, but I'm just rambling on now. <laughs> but I think I got my point. On I, that. No, I think you it's got your point across. Too, yeah. And, and there again, suffering. Yes, there can be, be things learned through suffering, through true transformation. Yes, that's the goal. And um, I think mainly just trying to sit down and understand that we, we are the same. I mean, there is there is no real, at the heart of us, there really is no difference. So, and on that, we should probably wrap it up. Okay. So until next time, see you later. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast. <laughs>